Love Talk Radio.
spreading the love worldwide. www.jesusinthemorningradio.com You've heard the words since you were in Sunday school. You have heard these professors remind you of them both in words of warning as well as words of encouragement and maybe even a few testimonies. A counselor, a friend, a minister of music, whatever capacity you'll serve in on mission field or here at home, you'll use these two words. And they are trust God. Two single-syllable words that you have heard forever, but you will discover as time passes how difficult they are to obey. Trust God. Of course, I have no way of knowing what the future holds for you. You may lose your home and everything in a fire. You may lose your spouse to an early disease, detected but not cured. You may lose your dreams, your hopes. You may lose a relationship that you have cultivated over the years. All losses are painful. And you will be brought back over and over again to the words of Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I know, I know. You memorized them in vacation Bible school or when you were growing up at the knee of a godly mother and or father. And your lips will move as I quote them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. All your heart, all your ways, trust trust. Now we have a problem with this because of several things. First of all, we are too blame self-sufficient. We have learned how to get ourselves out of jams rather than acknowledging the jam has very well been either directed or permitted by our sovereign God to teach us. And by not trusting him, we short-circuit the test and go our own way, getting ourselves out of our own mess. We're too self-sufficient. Another reason we fail this test is because we're too quick to call on others. We have a lot of very capable friends. As life unfolds and you leave this school and you're involved in your church, your work of ministry, your realm of responsibility, you'll meet other people, many of them much smarter than you are, most of them richer than you are, better connected than you are, 
And some of them will become good friends. And they will become your crutch. They have connections. And when you're up against it, they will, they'll get you through it. Another reason we don't trust is because we feel distant from the God of heaven. Don't feel too guilty about that. So did Job, as godly as he was. And yet Job said, in the midst of all of the loss, though he slay me, I will trust in him. Though he take me off this earth in the process, I leave trusting him. I will trust him. The fourth reason I would name is that we have cultivated the bad habit of worry. Uh, many of you are much better at worrying than you are at trusting. If you were to put together a worry list, it would outrun your prayer list. And you're worried right now about something. Most likely, it's related to something about your schoolwork some course, some class, some test, or maybe your finances. You don't have enough money. I'll give you a word of encouragement. You'll never have enough money. So you're worried now. You're getting good at it so you can carry that with you when you graduate because you won't have enough money then. So you're worried about that. And you do not trust God. See how practical it is? And if you think you're going to outgrow the problem, take it from this old guy today, you won't ever outgrow it. It's like lust. You never outgrow lust. You just learn to fake it. I remember attending a Navigator conference when Lawrence Sandy was president. We were at Glen Erie and they had a returned missionary, I think an 87, 88-year-old gentleman who um, uh, Lauren brought up to the platform, and he's a longtime navigator, and Lauren said, tell me, Dr. So-and-so, when did you conquer lust? The old man said, well, Lauren, hasn't happened yet. You'll never conquer worry. It's part of the flesh. You want to, but the only way you will get through it so that you will learn from the test is to trust, to trust. To put the worry on hold, to set it aside, deliberately shoving it away and saying, God, at this moment, I rest in you and you alone. If you're married, God help my spouse and me to trust you. To lean on you, to wait on you, to listen to you, to endure the test with you. I put together a quick list of things that reveal how little we trust. When you choose to 
to worry, you do not trust. When you try to fix what is impossible, you do not trust. When you hurry ahead and don't wait for the Lord to, to move and to change, you, you do not trust. When you lie awake, twisting and turning at night, you do not trust. When you doubt biblical principles and promises that are right here in the book you love and study, you do not trust. When you turn to others first for help, you do not trust. When you listen to human counsel and give a higher priority to that, then the principles you have just learned you do not trust. When you manipulate and maneuver situations, you do not trust. When you step in and take charge without praying and being led by the Spirit of God, you do not trust. When you cling to others in order to feel secure and needed and loved, you do not trust. The list goes on and on. See how easy it is to live in the flesh? How easy it is to disobey trust in the Lord with all your heart? Wouldn't it be a great project over the Christmas season this year to think through Ways that you can begin to trust God regardless. Hopefully it'll be a project that you and a good friend or you and your mate can enter together. What is it we do that keep us from trusting God? And how can we break that habit and watch God break through? in ways that we would never have expected. Cynthia and I have a longtime friend who was raised with four brothers in southwest Texas. We were raised on a very poor uh, ranch. They eked out a living. One of the brothers wound up getting into Baylor, going on to UCLA Law School and earning his degree in law and has since become a very fine attorney in the Southern California area. We've been friends since the mid-1970s. One of his four brothers stayed at the ranch and developed it, cultivated it. The other brothers moved away, as did our friend. And the one who stayed, along with his wife, really turned the ranch into something much more successful. Grew crops that worked got cattle, bred them, sold them, little by little kind of got on their feet and finally became pretty much financially stable. Then the fires of 2011 across Texas swept through their area and they came to that ranch. By now they knew they would lose all all the cattle. They simply opened the gate and Amazingly, those animals know where to go, usually know where to go to find shelter and safety. And they fled, hundreds of them. And they barely left, unable to get anything, much of anything in their pickup, and they drove away. 
came back a number of days later when allowed to enter this territory and uh, everything was melted. Everything. Even the metal roof on the shed, on the barn, had melted down and sort of peeled its way over and, and what it landed on, it kind of was the, that metal profile. It's everything is lost. All possessions, all pictures, thankfully no lives. Strangely, the cattle got back and were clustered around in a herd around an enormous oak tree and they were able to, to get them back. Of course, the fence had burned so that has to be rebuilt. And they said to one another, we realize at that moment our faith would either kick into action or we would move far away from the God we had loved and served. They chose the former. They determined they would rebuild. They're in the process right now. Living with a brother, putting house and home back together, having lost it all. And the Lord taught me through my shameful response. He'll win this battle. Trust Him. Trust me. Trust God. Just to rest upon His promises. Just to know. Thus saith the Lord, trust God. More than just a radio. This is Jesus in the Morning Radio. Spreading the good news of Jesus.
power of God, the presence of God came into my room like a swooping bird almost. Hit me, picked me up in the air, and I flew back onto my bed. And I said, that can't be God. And I made a decision. I'm going to get the heck up out of here. Yo, this is scary as a mug. So I get up, and I'm not trying to run up out the room. God came in the room, picked me back up, threw me back on again. And I was like, oh, nah. Like, this is bad. I'm a grand, I'm a grandparent's. Um, well, my grandmother, she's an apostle, a pastor. Um, she kind of raised me in the faith. She taught me the way of prayer, taught me how to seek the face of God, how to worship, how to love God. Um, I was filled with the Holy Ghost when I was seven years old. Um, I'll never forget, I was in my grandmother's car, and um, the previous Wednesday in prayer, I saw my grandmother fall on the floor and speak in tongues. And I didn't know what tongues was. I was seven. And I said to my grandmother, I said, what's that language you guys uh, talk in church? And she said, baby, that's tongues. That's from being filled with the Holy Ghost. And um, I said, well, can I be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues? She was like, sure. And I said, all right, well, I'm going to ask him when I get home tonight. And she said, no, ask him right here. I'm like, right here in this car. And she was like, yes, right in the car. So I um, asked the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, can you fill me with the Holy Ghost? And I'll never forget the feeling of something dropping into my stomach and expanding. And immediately in the car, I begin to speak in tongues. Fast forward um, that next Sunday, I had a, an amazing encounter with the Lord. I was um, in like the fifth or sixth row of the church. The Spirit of God was very strong that day. And I'll never forget feeling what I knew to be for the first time ever, conviction of sin. Now, you know, as a seven-year-old, what can a seven-year-old be convicted about? You know, telling a white lie to your mom or taking candy or something like that. But I remember feeling conviction for the first time and getting on my knees and asking Jesus to forgive me for all of the sin in my life, you know, whatever it was at that time. And I'll never forget that um, as I said that, as I began to repent, I remember feeling the presence of God hit my stomach again and I began to speak in tongues again. And this time, it wasn't a quick, sporadic moment. I was going in in tongues. I'll never forget, my eyes were closed. I was weeping, crying. And I remember my grandmother must have been walking down the aisle while God was moving. And I remember hearing my voice elevated in the mic system. And um, in those days, you know, the church, whenever someone got filled with the Holy Ghost, they would put the mic up to their mouth so that everyone could know, oh, so-and-so got filled with the Holy Spirit, and everyone would celebrate and go crazy, you know. But um, so she did that. I remember hearing my voice on the mic while I was praying in the Spirit, and I remember feeling like I had a prophetic word. At the time, I didn't know it was a prophetic word, but I remember feeling like I want to say what God is saying. I can hear God talking to me, and I can feel it coming up from my belly like I have English to say, and I shut it down. I said, no. Um, these people won't hear what I have to say. I'm just a kid. Um, and I remember my, word, my aunt got a word of knowledge in the car that day afterwards because and, and I, I thought God was mad at me for not saying what he wanted me to say. And my aunt looked at me in the car and said, um, baby, God's not mad at you. Just next time say what he tells you to say. And so that was, you know, my encounter of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, fast forward up to the age of 16, 
um, you know, between 7 and 16, a lot of things happen. You try to make friends. You try to be like everybody else. You know, you try to fit in with the crowd, all that, all that crazy stuff. I regret that stuff to this day. Um, so to any 16-year-olds that are going to watch or, or young people are going to watch this, uh, there's no need for that. Pursue God with everything inside of you. Um, so fast-forwarding, around 16, I experienced what I believe to be a renewal of my salvation, um, a fresh encounter with the Lord. Um, I actually came into contact with meeting a friend of mine that at the time was an evangelist, um, and he really just began to uh, call forth the call of God that was in my life. He knew that I had already gotten saved and given my life to Jesus, but he really just began to minister um, to the thing that God had placed on the inside of me. And I'll never forget that he would talk about the presence of God. Now, at the time, I knew about the presence of God, but I didn't know about the presence of God the way that I know him today. And he would talk about like, oh, yeah, I just lift my hands, and the presence of God comes into my room. It feels like electricity. It feels like heat. I was used to a little tickle, tickle in my stomach, you know, whenever I felt the presence of God or maybe some burning in my hands, but never about my entire body coming under the tangible weight of God's presence. And so he would always talk about it, and it really provoked what I would call a holy jealousy on the inside of me to hunger after that dimension in God. So I remember I was talking to him, and it really took me on a journey to really seek God and to ask him to touch me with his presence. From the age of 16 to the age of 18, I was on this journey. And in between then, God really began to open up who I was um, as a prophetic minister. What did, uh, you, what did you do in that time, you know, that you were saying you were seeking for that? Well, yeah, I would wake up early sometimes and pray. I would um, ha- host meetings at my school. We had this thing called the Edge Club. Now, the Edge Club is not the most charismatic of Christian clubs and schools. It's in multiple schools around my region and things of that nature. But we were in the Edge Club, and I was one of the leaders. So we would actually, like, heal the sick. In our, in our school, we would prophesy, cast out devils in our school. Um, the power of God would fill our meetings, and we would do the acts that Jesus tells the church to do. Um, in Mark 16, they shall lay their hands on the sick. They shall cast out devils, all that wonderful stuff. And we really actually saw um, a revival hit our high school, um, Stonewall Jackson High School at the time. The name changed because of the whole um, racism thing, but um, we uh, saw revival. We saw bones healed, headaches healed, um, demons casted out. Um, The funny thing was um, we casted devils out in our oceanography classroom, and the oceanography teacher was an atheist. And so it was kind of funny, just kind of like it was ironic that she would allude to God not being real, but we would cast out demons in her classroom after school. And so um, God really moved during that time, and um, from 16 to 18, um, I was on a journey to experience God. Now, it seemed like everyone I would pray for would have the encounter that I was looking for. I would pray for people. People would, would fall under the presence of God, talk about they felt the presence of God all over their body. They were never the same. I would just feel him a little bit. Um, I would pray for people, cast out devils, would not still feel the presence of God. But I was so hungry for God that I was willing to seek him as long as I wanted, as long as I could, so that I could have these major encounters with the Lord. So I graduated from high school at the age of 18 years old. And that summer, I would say, was the wildest summer. And even <laughs> talking about it, I can feel the presence of God right now. But that summer was the wildest summer I have ever experienced in my entire life. It all starts with me um, saying, God, I want you more than anything. So I would pray all night because, you know, no school. You know, uh, I, was in bet- I hadn't gotten a job yet. And um, I, w- I would seek God 
all night long. I would wake up early, seek the Lord. I would not go out with my friends and hang out. Um, as a matter of fact, God stripped me of all my friends during that time because, you know, I was so hungry for God. And I remember one particular night, um, and this is actually where I had my uh, second encounter with the Lord Jesus. One particular night, I was on the side of my bed praying, and I'll never forget, I was on my bed praying, and I found myself standing, what I believe this is an open vision that I had of the Lord, or a dream, I'm not sure, um, but I was in the bed when the vision was over, but I found myself um, standing on a grassy field, in a grassy field. And um, the grass was tall, it was green and yellowish, but it wasn't dead. Everything around me seemed to be breathing and seemed to be living. Everything around me seemed as if it was moving and had a heartbeat to it. And I remember watching the wind. The wind was physical. Like I could see the wind in the air. You know, you can't see the wind. You can only see the effects of the wind. I can't describe what I saw. I saw colors that I've never seen before, like colors there that I've never seen before. The wind would come down and go into the grass, and it would look like a child dancing in the grass. And it would go up in the air again, and it would dance in the grass again. And I'll never forget, I, and I heard children's laughing, singing, joy, all these wonderful things. And I remember looking off in the distance and seeing um, a figure standing in the grass. And immediately I became fear, fearful. The fear of the Lord struck me. And immediately I turned the other direction and begin to run in the opposite direction in this vision. Um, and I believe, obviously, I was in heaven when this took place. I jumped over a rock, and that's how you know it was something supernatural because I've been husky the majority of my life, and um, there's no jumping over rocks where I come from. And so I, I jump over the rock, and um, I'm hiding, trembling in fear. Yet something, I would say fascination, curiosity, made me want to peek over the rock. So as I'm peeking over the rock, I find myself being lunged over the rock, and I'm standing face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he didn't say anything to me, he didn't, and he wasn't smiling like the last time either. He was actually just sitting there looking at me. We never opened our mouths. We spoke from heart to heart. We spoke from mind to mind. Um, in the communication, there were things that I cannot you know, unveil things that I'm to secrecy until, they, until they're revealed. But right there is when he revealed to me who I was called to be. He told me that, um, that I would be his prophet, that I would speak on his behalf, and that I would represent his heart on planet Earth. Um, and I remember I took my fingers and ran them through his hair, and then the last thing I remember, I'm back in my body, and I'm back um, on Earth. What did you see when you see him? Did you see, like, could you describe what you saw? Um, personally, I don't like describing what I saw because what I saw, um, is a lot different from what a lot of people think he looks like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You should describe it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, it, it was a, a pretty wild encounter. Um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll say that for another episode. Okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> so what happened after that? So you see him. Mm -hmm. He tells you that you're called to be his prophet. Yeah. What happens next? So I'm back in my body, um, and I wake up in the fear of the Lord. But it, it was weird because if you've ever been in love before, that's what it feels like. It's like you're terrified, but you are deeply, 
deeply in love. I loved him more after that encounter than I did before I went into the encounter. And so the next day I'm under my bed. I'm actually under my bed. I actually got somehow got under my bed. I was praying. I used, we pray pretty aggressively in my camp. And so um, I was under the bed. I was praying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to me audibly under the bed. And he says, that person in your dream or in your encounter was Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, I'm under the bed, and I grab the, the, the board under the bed and start shaking it aggressively, like, oh, my God, because, you know, I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit confirmed it to me. A few days later, I was preparing to go to a camp. And the camp was a very powerful camp. It was a, a camp called In the Wild for a church called Living Faith. This camp was known for supernatural occurrences. I'm here a grown man going for the first time and because um, young adults would go too. And um, I remember they painted a backdrop, and um, it was the theme of the camp. Now, I won't get into the theme because the theme would reveal what I saw, but they lifted up the backdrop. It was a tall, grassy field, and it was the same figure that I saw in my dream or in my encounter that was painted on the, on the backdrop. And so that was another confirmation to me, like, I saw the Lord Jesus. From there, I went to the camp. Nothing happened. Everyone got encountered by God. As a matter of fact, God used me to pray for people that were encountering God. But nothing happened to me. I, didn't, I couldn't even feel God. The one thing that happened to me was a man walked up to me, a good friend to this day, and gave me a prophetic word. And he said, uh, hey, Jordan, the Lord says that he has just dropped you in a new fishbowl. And the Lord said, when you drop a new fish into a, a bigger fishbowl, the fish has to swim around and figure out what the familiar places of that fishbowl is. So the Lord says, you are in a season that has been instituted by him, but you're still filling it out. And there's grace for you to fill out this new season. And so it was a very encouraging word, and it blessed me because I was actually in the field crying, um, and I was in the field, like, you know, just really upset because everyone's encountering God. And I'm pretty sure someone saw me crying and thought, oh, he's encountering God. No, I was upset because I wasn't encountering God. And so I go back home, and I seek the Lord for a few days. As soon as I get home, like, I drop my bag, I jump in the shower, and I just go in prayer. And I just, like, begin to, begin to worship the Lord and begin to just tell him how good he was and how much I loved him still. And because um, I was still on fire from that encounter that I had right before I went to In the Wild. And so I'm seeking God for the next few days. One of the nights, my mom is cooking dinner in the kitchen. I'm in my bedroom praying. And I'll never forget, my mom texted me and said, you know, dinner's about to be ready. And I'm like, okay, bet. So um, and it was pork chops. So, you know, I will never be delayed. From my, my, if, if my mother can cook anything... It is those pork chops. Do you hear me? So I'm getting ready to go eat my mom's famous pork chops. And um, I feel, the, I feel the, the anointing, the presence of God for the first time in this way. It felt like someone took a ball of electricity and just placed it at the center top part of my, in between my shoulders in the back, like the back of my neck. And I remember thinking, I'm having a nervous breakdown, some kind, some kind of nerve issue. Oh, God, I went too deep, and, I, and something else is touching me. You know, I got really scared. I'm like, this is weird. And so I felt like feeling it. I, mean, I said, maybe, like, my, my tag to my shirt is touching me there. And it's like, and I'm like, nothing's moving. And I'm like, okay. So I go back. To, and so I said, I'm going to pray a little longer, then I'm going to go eat dinner. So I'm, I go to pray again, and the same feeling comes on me. And I'm like, what is that? Like, what is that? And so I... um. 
I, I, I have them up three times. So at one point, I just get tired of it and take my shirt off and rip the tag out of my shirt and then put my shirt back on and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek you, God. So then it comes on me again, and so I try to get up, and I got a little nervous. I thought about running out the room. I thought about, honestly, the power of God, the presence of God came into my room like a swooping bird almost, hit me, picked me up in the air, and I flew back onto my bed. And I said, that can't be God. And I made a decision. I'm going to get the heck up out of here. Yo, this is scary as a mug. So I get up, and I'm like trying to run up out the room. God came in the room, picked me back up, threw me back on again. And I was like, oh, nah, like, this is bad. <laughs> so I, I get up, and the power of God did again, picked me up in the air, threw me to bed again. And by this time, I'm laughing, I'm crying, uncontrollably both, screaming, yelling at God, it's not supposed to be like this. It's not supposed to, this is not right. Who have you done this to? Are you this rough with everyone you love? Like, I was just like yelling to God. But it was one of the, and by this time, the electricity in the presence, the fire of God had consumed my whole body. I was unbarely able to move. All I could do was roll and scream and cry and laugh, and laugh at the same time. Now, to, to somebody out, it might have looked like I was in pain, but there was no pain. It was, it was, to this day, one of the most powerful experiences that I have ever had with God, ever. Um, I'm sorry, I got a little excited. But um, so after that, God would come into my room physically. The walls would begin to creak from the presence of God coming into the room. My floor would move as somebody was walking on it towards me. And at times I would feel the bed pressed down next to me as if someone sat next to me. And I would feel a hand on my back when I would be seeking him. Um, at the time, I had a cousin, you know, who wasn't the best influence on me. Um, he was kind of sway, trying to sway me to go to, into a different way. And every time I would uvu him, if you remember uvu, you old school remember uvu. But I would uvu him, and we talk, and he was living in Florida at the time. Um, the Lord would come into the room and interrupt our conversation. I'd be like, cousin, he's here. I, I would try to uvu him every night because I was really close to him. And the Lord would come into the room and be like, I'm ready to spend time with you. Like, I would hear his voice. He would say something. I would hear him come into the room, and I'd be like, oh, my God. Like he, and I'm like, he's here, cousin. And my cousin would be like, again? Because it would happen every time I tried to talk to him. And the Lord was, like, drawing me out of something else that I was trying to get involved in. It was during that time where God broke pornography off me. Um, I just didn't want it. I wanted his presence more. Um, pornography is nothing but a, a deep longing for intimacy, but I was being satisfied in intimacy by the presence of God, by the Holy Spirit. So after that, um, the gifts of the Spirit begin to turn on in me. Um, I begin to see uh, people get healed like never before. I saw them in high school, but it was like, like, it was like clockwork. It was crazy. Um, I would stand up in church, my church and prophesy, give the word of the Lord. The gifts and, and the word of knowledge and prophecy would become much more sharp. At, sometimes I would get names. I would get dates. I would get um, information about people's lives. I would evangelize. I actually evangelized so much, I thought I was an evangelist. And I was like, forget this whole prophet thing. Like, I'm trying to be an evangelist. And I learned very quickly that I was not an evangelist. But I would get a lot of people saved. Um, I would go to Walmart, get words of knowledge for the cashiers, for waiters and waitresses. And God would really just begin my ministry in high gear from that point and on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome, awesome testimony. And uh, because I, I, I know this, 
that this happens. You know, people don't know that the spirit of the Lord has come <laughs> and uh, he's wanting to do some stuff to bless us so that we can get um, to that place. But we got to let go and let God, yeah, we got to let him do it. Trust him, trust him, trust him. Uh, if he brought you out of other things, he will bring you out of that thing that you feel is the main thing that's hindering you or holding you back. He will bring you out of that, but you got to let it. Hallelujah. Be willing to accept. And look, he may come in a totally different way than you've ever known him, but we don't like to come out of our comfort zones. We don't like to come out of familiar places. We like to stay with what we call the norm. This is the way that I know God is right here. But he's much bigger than that one way. <laughs> Many times we put him in a box. We think we put him in a box. Okay, you stay right there. When I need you, I'll call you out. No, he's too big. Your box is not big enough to hold the entire God. He made the heavens and the earth. He made the whole world. You know how big the world is? Yeah, so we have to open up to him and accept what he allows. Yeah, and don't think we know him because he's, he, he, he moved in many different ways. He's the same God now. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today, and he'll be that way forevermore. But he do things in a different way. Hallelujah. He won't change. He won't change. Hallelujah. He just does things according to the need of his people. Yeah. I know when the spirit of the Lord comes on me, I cry. I know that's the spirit of God. And right after that, I'm going to be truly blessed. Yeah, when that when that spirit of praise come on me, yeah, I can praise him now. I can start worshiping him right now, right now. I can start praising him right now. And the spirit will come. The spirit of God will come. How do you know that, Barbara? I've spent time with him. See, he said this, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they won't follow. And if you spend time with him, you'll get to know him. The more you're in his presence, the more you'll get to know his way, the way that he moves with you, the way that he encounters with you. Ah, yeah. And it's all right this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, you're going to hear maybe another testimony later on if we get time for it. And today is Testify Friday. And, you know, I wanted to share these different testimonies because people are going through different things. And, and some people feel I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. I've been crying out to the Lord. this, And he don't hear me about this one thing. He don't hear me about these two things. I listened to a guy, he gave his testimony about how he was overweight and his friends, uh, so-called buddies, uh, one of them was a truck driver and he got him to ride with him. He had been asking him, asking him, and he wouldn't go. Finally, he took the ride with him and he started, you know, asking him, have you ever had sex? He told him, no, man, you know, I don't do all of that. And so he told him, man, you're a virgin, this and that, and made him, you know, feel kind of some kind of way. Like, you know, if I don't do this, then I'm not a man. So he told him, well, look, I'm going to take you over here. I got some cousins. And um, one of these girls, you choose the one you want, and 
she'll be, you know, your girlfriend for a night. And he did that. Now, look, he, he was in church. He was going to church. He was hearing the pastor. He played an instrument in the church. And the pastor would let him, you know, minister through music in church. And he went on and laid with the prostitute. And he said, after that, it planted a seed in him. So the first time these guys brought this, uh, I mean, this guy brought the prostitute to him. He said, and he got back home because and he said, well, maybe I could look this up in my area and see if prostitutes where I live. And he found it. He said, and he tried a couple of times, and he hang up the phone. He said, no, I can't do it. And the third or fourth time he tried it, he was able to do it and invited her over and paid her. Still playing the instrument in church and ministering in music. And he said he just felt so bad. He would see the children, the youth come on the altar and, you know, confess what they were going through, you know, sexual things, abuse. Uh, they were abusive, whatever it was. And he said he would sit there and be looking at them and thinking, well, I can't get on the altar. You know, I got to play this instrument. He said, and then another time he met with a friend and he just felt compelled. I got to tell somebody. Because if I don't tell nobody, I, I, I'm not going to stop with these prostitutes. So he finally told a friend, and he said he told him, but see, I don't, I didn't want to tell nobody because they're going to condemn me for this. He said, no. And he said the friend didn't condemn him. He showed him love and compassion. And then he told him, look, man, we got to go to the pastor with this. I can only help you so far, but the pastor know exactly where to lead you to. He said, and when he went to the pastor, then he, you know, opened up to the church and told him what he had been doing. He said, nobody condemned him. Nobody looked crazy at him. He said, what he found out, a few more men in the church had the same problems. They were watching porn. They were paying prostitutes. And some had been delivered and some hadn't. And they come to him and told him and embraced him and hugged him and showed him love. And it took me back to this day when Bishop Charles C. Woods taught me about love, to love people. It took me back to that day. And he told me this. He said, the church is a hospital. And a hospital is for sick people. And if you bring people to the hospital, the doctors there are able to heal them or make their situations better. He said, so the church today have a screen and it keeps all of the everything out. It only wants what's good to come in, what has already been healed. He said, but Barbara, you have to take the screen off your ministry. Take the screen off your godly life. And whatever God sends your way, he has already equipped you to handle it. That which you can't handle, then you pray about it. But you got to be honest all the way. I learned that valuable lesson. And they're stuck with me. All kind of people have come. Some people appear to be unlovable. But you yet got to find a way to love them. And many times I say to myself, what if that was me? How would I feel? Would I want the rejection of people who say they are godly? Or would I want to be shown love and embraced with passion? The passion of God. Compassion of God. 
How would I feel? How would I feel? So many days, uh, different type people come. And I just embrace them and don't condemn them, show them love, and keep it moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. Y'all have no clue of the different kind of people that come. You have no clue. You have no clue. Yeah. I put out on Facebook the other day to the intercessors, pray for me. Some come and they wanted to know what it is. What what am I praying for? Me. They wanted to know what you need for me. I said, pray for me. I didn't tell you what to pray for for me. I said, pray for me. But see, that, that showed me some things, too, about people. See, even the apostles, they had a, some problems. Who was going to be first in the kingdom? Send that woman away. Get them kids away from me. He had to let them know, suffer the children to come unto me and forbid them not for such is my kingdom. Don't you run no child for me. You let them children stay. They're about to be blessed for the rest of their lives because they have received me at an early age and I'm going to stay with them. That good thing that I begin to do in children, I'm going to complete it. But it's us and our mindset. Yeah. So, you know, many times we don't like what's going on. We want something different than we than we have. But we're not willing to do what it takes to get the difference. If you want change, you got to do something different. You can't do what you did last year and expect a new change. You can't do what you did when you first come to God as a child. I was nine when I come to him. I I can't do today what I did at nine years old and think I'm going to walk and grow and change and and be uh, in him strong and he's in me strong. No, because... From nine to now, I'm 65, a child wouldn't feed the spirit man. The child would please please more of the flesh. Scriptures talk about milk and meat. And some of us received God when we were children, but we still on the bottle. We still drinking milk. We still drinking formula. It's been time to come off the bottle and eat some nourishment, uh, uh, vegetables and meat, you know, potatoes and carrots and peas, but we don't see that. We think we can stay in the same place where we are with God. We got to grow in him daily. We must grow in him. If not, you're going to be a weak Christian. And, And somewhere along the line, you may backslide and don't even know it. You're in a backslidden state, and you don't even know you're in a backslidden state. But God will send someone along to shine that light in darkness so you'll know you're not who you think you are. Come back to me in the fullness. But we fight because a lot of times we don't want to study the word of God. We don't even want to read his word. We want to keep fleshly things before us that please our flesh. Yeah, there's some things we want to do that God is trying to get us to come fully to him so that he can deliver us. So that he can deliver us. I can't deliver me. 
and people who think they can keep themselves and stop themselves from this, that, and the other. That's religion. Yeah, that's not relationship. That's religion. Each of us need our own relationship with God. I can't base mine off yours. You can't base yours off mine. See, we come from two separate worlds. I come from one household. You come from another. What I was taught in mine, you wasn't taught in yours. What you was taught in yours, I wasn't taught in mine. He made us individually. So therefore, we have to have an individual relationship with him. So I began while I was on vacation too, I began to seek God and the Lord gave me brain testimonies. Because of this, people have gone through and they need to know that God really is a deliverer. But what must I do to be delivered? On the day of Pentecost, that boy Peter stood up when they said, men and brethren, what should I do to be saved? It was Peter that stood up and said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen. The first key this morning for all of us, I don't care how long you think you've been walking in him and he and you and you on the right path path, and you got it all together. Listen, repent today. Ask God, Lord, anything in me that shouldn't be, I need you to remove it out of me. Show me God. Show me me. Take self-inventory. And that what you find that you know is not of God, I need you to take it to God. I need you to seek him on this like you've never sought after him before. I need you to find the scriptures on this and get in his word. Now, this is if you really want to be delivered, because we'll talk about it, but we've got to do something about it. In the world, they have a slang. And the slang says the same thing. Don't talk about it, be about it. In other words, don't just talk about it. Do something about it. Because many times we cry to God, Lord, God needs you, Lord. But we don't really want that thing to go because we're not doing all we can. And God looking. He sees us. And he knows the very intent of our hearts. He know we're saying one thing, but we're doing another. If we truly, truly want to be delivered, we're going to God with a sincere heart, with a well-made-up mind. And guess what? We're going to do what it takes. It may take uh, 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 three days of fasting, three days and three nights, no food, no water. We just constant, and we can do it because we don't go to work. Some of us are not working. We retire. We can cry to the Lord. David said, I cried to the Lord, and he heard my cry. Some people don't bother me too often. They say I'm too blunt. They say nobody can live this thing. The devil is a fool and a liar. And he will make a fool and a lie out of you. Jesus come to prove to us it can be done. But we got a will in our hearts to be to do it. We got to want to do it. Yeah, which bring me to prayer this morning. We're going to pray and our topic for today is seeking revenge. Seeking revenge. Now the young man that the friend turned him on to the prostitutes, he could have been angry with him, and he could have retaliated. He could have said, well, I'm going to get him for that. 
I was never thinking about prostitutes. I was in the church playing the guitar. I was in the church ministering in music. And he brought this foolishness to me. Now these spirits done consume me. I hate him. And I'm going to do whatever I can against him. He could have did that. But he didn't seek revenge. He manned up and accepted his responsibility. Although the enemy brought that to him, he didn't accuse nobody. He accused himself. Because it all starts with us. And it all starts in our minds. This is why we're careful who we hang out with. See, either you're going to do what I do, or either I'm going to do what you do. And from childhood, I was never really a follower. I've always been a leader. And you, either, if we hanging together, you, you come into God. And if not, bye, 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 say it loud, Barbara. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, because I can let nothing separate me from the love of God. Don't you know people don't come with money? Don't you know people don't come with all kind of things? The devil done sent all kind of men, all kind of, ooh, all kind of stuff my way. But I love him. And I want the proof that I love him to be in the pudding. I want God to see how much I love him and I'll let nothing separate me from you. I need you. I can't live without you. I can live without money. I can live without a man. I can live without new clothes. The house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. The Mercedes, a, 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 a powerful position in ministry. I can live without all of that. Guess what? I can live without ministry. But I cannot live without God. I'm telling you that this morning. And if you love him, some sign should show more than you saying you love him. The proof should be in the pudding. The world should see that you love God without you saying it. The things I do unto him speaks for me. It speaks my love for him. It speaks how grateful I am for what he's done for me. I can never forget. Many of us will forget he brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. But the least good thing happens, we get in our feelings. And we go to feel in some type of way, and we leave God out of it. And we battling with it. You'll never win, sugar. And then we start hearing things. <laughs> I'm not joking with you now. You'll start hearing things. And you, you'll say, oh, there's got to be God. That wasn't him. That was you going through this thing. And you still holding on to some stuff in this thing. Let go, let go. All you got to do is give it up. When you go to the grocery store and spend that money, you could have used that money to pay other bills and to buy groceries. But once you pay your grocery bill, don't you let the money go? You don't expect the grocery store to give you that money back. You got their groceries. Same case. Let God have his way. Let go. Give it to God. And don't expect it to come back. Don't expect to take back over it. Because if you give it to God and take it back, you're still dealing with it on your own. And you're walking in religion. You can't change you. You can't fix you. You can't change situations. You can't fix them. Only God can. Because without him, we can do nothing. Hallelujah. Sound like I'm fussing, don't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So look, let's go to prayer. 
And after prayer, we're going to several scriptures this morning, and we are talking about seeking revenge. If we're seeking revenge, it's not God. That's the flesh and the devil department this morning. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for another weekend. (laughs) Oh, we thank you for bringing us up into this present time. We thank you, Father, for sending your son, Jesus, because you so love the world. You gave your only begotten son. And today, right now, if we believe on you, we won't perish. But, Father, we'll have everlasting life. We thank you this morning for being our God, for being on our side in spite of us, for looking beyond our fault yet meeting our needs. We thank you for being our Savior. Hallelujah. Father, it was you that brought us out. When light shined in darkness, Father, we were able to comprehend. We thank you for that this morning because it was you and not us. We thank you that one day you drew us because if you don't draw, Father, we can't come to you. We're so thankful that we feel privileged that you drew us today. Hallelujah. Many haven't been drawn, but you drew us. And Lord, many times we played with your love. We we played with you. We we dishonored your word. We are disobedient. But we come this morning in the name of Jesus asking you to forgive us for all our sins and wrongdoings and wrong thoughts and wrong speaking and wrong feelings. Father, this morning, though our sins be as scarlet, we ask that you will wash us as white as snow. Cleanse us this morning from all unrighteousness and give us a clean heart today and renew the right spirit within us in the name of Jesus. But Father, there are many sins that we are doing and some of us don't know the sins because we take self-inventory, but we don't do anything about the finding. Help us that when we find that you are not in certain things in our lives, that God, you would lead and guide us in prayer, that you would help us to come to you and make our calling and election sure with you, that, God, we want to live holy, for you are holy daily. We know that the world has changed, and it's changing daily. Lord, I believe it's changing by the seconds. And many of us were caught up into the world and the things of the world and what the world says, and we believe we have to work because If we don't work, we don't eat. But God, we can work unto you. It's yet work, and you will provide for us. We can come from under man's thumb, who will cause us to accept everything of the world that's not of you. Have mercy upon us this morning, O God. In the workplace, have mercy upon us. And God, help us to give the world back all its tools. In the name of Jesus, stand up for you. Help us all to be that light that sit on a hill that can't be healed. And bring us out this morning, whatever we're holding on to that we shouldn't. Father, strengthen us to let go today in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us today to look like Jesus and not like the world. Help us to do what he has done, hallelujah, as an example to us. Help us to love this morning. For you are love. Love will fix it all today. Hallelujah. Have mercy upon us. We're your people. 
And Lord, many of us have been out of line, but help us to get back in line today. We we thank you for forgiving us, but God, we want to be forgiven. We want to turn away from it and never go back to this thing or these things. Help us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we're praying and calling on you and crying out to you today that, God, we can be made whole. We saw that you've done it for many. You healed the blind. You healed the sick. You healed the lame. You raised the dead. So, Father, we know the spirit of lust, the the spirit of anything that's against you, we know that you can destroy it from the root. Do it for us today. In the name of Jesus. Oh, we need you in this hour. Time is winding up, and we need nothing but you in this hour. Because if we get you, you supply everything that we need. And, Father, when we ask you for what we want, you even give what we want, for you are our shepherd. You are our God. The earth is yours. Our God, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Have mercy this morning, O God. Help us today. Help us to come out. Help us to be set totally free in the name of Jesus. Have mercy this morning, oh God, even the more. And again, set us free today. For Father, whom the Son set free is free indeed. We're grateful unto you this morning. And Father, we do appreciate you. And help us to show our love for you. Help us to show our love to the world. Help us to be able to stand on top of Mount Everett and tell the world that we love you. And it shows. It's not just words. It's not just lip service. But we love you with our whole heart. Father, help us all today that our lips and heart line up together. Whatever we say out of our mouth, it comes from our heart. It's not to trick nobody into thinking that We are this and we are that. Even ourselves, sometimes we trick our own selves into thinking that we're something that we're really not, and we know it. God, help us today. But let a man examine himself. Help us examine today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, any revenge we've done, any plans of revenge against others, we bind it up right now and we cast it to the pits of hell never to return. And Father, we ask that you would rebuke revenge concerning us today in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you this morning. We give you glory. Oh, we thank you, Jehovah. Hallelujah. We thank you this morning. We give you the honor and praise in this day. We worship you in spirit and in truth. Even as your word coming forth, God, we worship you Hallelujah. We praise you for your word. But Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, O oh God, that word is settled in heaven. Sanctify us today through that truth. Father, that word is true. Hallelujah. Do it for us in the name of Jesus. Those that are here this morning that are sick, we ask that you would heal today. It was you that took a beating for the healing of the nation. And, Father, there's yet healing in the hem of your garment. We're pressing in to you this morning to touch the hem of your garment. God, that we'll be made whole. But we believe that you'll lay your hands on us this morning. Lay hands upon us and touch and heal us, O God. 
Heal us of everything that's broken about us. Heal us of everything that's sick about each of us this day. In the name of Jesus. Hey, ah, hey, glory, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hey, we can't thank you enough. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, bless our families and bless our friends near and far. Ask, Lord, that you would cover every household represented here this morning in the name of Jesus. Bless those that are incarcerated, God, the brethren that is striving for perfection and talking of your wondrous works and making known your deeds among the people. Strengthen them in this hour, the men and the women, oh God. Thank you this morning. Father, bless those that are in every branch of the military. Bless the administration of our military, O oh God, today. Strengthen and give wisdom, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Bless widowers and bereaved families and intercessory prayer people. Father, bless preachers preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Continue to bless Israel and prosper in Jerusalem. And Father, continue to Lucia protecting angels to stand watch to shield and protect keep them from all hurt harm or danger hallelujah thank you lord thank you oh thank you thank you jesus oh thank you this morning lord thank you thank you hallelujah father bless all our brothers and sisters overseas god Strengthen them in this hour. God, bring back to their memory the things that they have forgotten. Let your spirit dwell in them richly and stir up the gifts in them today in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask this morning that you would supply the need for your people overseas according to your riches in glory by your son, Christ Jesus, today, O oh God. Mm, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hey, glory, glory, hallelujah, his majesty. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And Father, we ask this morning that you would continue to bless America, continue to have mercy, continue to let your grace abound. And Father, forgive us all for our sins. We've done great sins, iniquities against you, even in our leadership. Have mercy this morning, oh God. Forgive us, Lord. Bring our leadership, draw our leadership to you and your word and give them the wisdom of how to apply your word to their everyday lives, that, God, they will lead your people in the right path for your name's sake. Do it for your glory this morning. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And, Father, we... Ask this morning that you would bless this segment of Jesus in the morning, every call and every listener. Moved by your spirit here today. Feed us, God, until we want no more. Bless this weekend for us. Use us in your service to be a great witness unto you. Let us be living proof 
what your mercies can do. Hallelujah for all of us, for those that are even who have not come to you yet. Move this weekend in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you the honor. Thank you, Jesus. We give you the praise. Father, there's none like you. Hallelujah. We love you today. We appreciate you. We're grateful unto you. Father, there's none like you, almighty God, who have all power. Oh, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, it's all in Jesus' name, your son, that we ask these things. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we bless his name. I feel like a double take this morning on the blood that Jesus shed for me. Way back, way back, way, way back there on Calvary, way before my time. It was the blood, or even today, his blood from back then that gives me strength. From day to day, I found this out. His blood will never lose its power. Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful thing. The blood of Jesus. Oh, when we get real with him, I promise he'll get real with us. And I know I know somebody may say, well, she has to put that together every morning. No, no, no. I come straight raw. Whatever he does here is what he does. Twelve years of coming just straight and just allowing God to just have his way. I don't know what the people need. I don't know what you need. He knows you belong to him. And people come to me many times like I'm uh like I'm God and I got the answer. No, sir and no ma'am. I have to go to him to get my answers and answers for you if you come and ask me. If you come for prayer, I have to pray the prayer of faith that he would have me to pray for you because I don't know what's going on. I was told this lady I had prayed with her and then I told her what God said. And she told the person that introduced her to me, did you tell her my business like that? The person said, no, I did not tell her nothing. This woman have a ministry. <laughs> this woman see and hear from God. He showed her that I didn't tell her nothing. Now, the, the, the person's supposed to be, you know, all that in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this is when we're not hearing from God. Listen what he said. My sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. If I'm ministering to you, you should hear God. Because I promise you, it's never me. It's always him. Now, I got one friend, and I, I got to be honest this morning. And same thing this woman tell me about her situation, it just burns me up. And one day we were talking and I told her, I said, look here, I need two Holy Ghosts for that. <laughs> for that right there. And she said, look at you, got me laughing. Oh, I need a double portion on that. But we laughed. And afterwards, I had to repent. Lord, you know I'm wrong. God forgive me for the very thought of that. I know vengeance is yours. I know you're going to repay for what has been done to this woman. God, I know you're going to work this out for her. 
ugly was done. Yeah. But we're talking this morning about seeking revenge. And the first thing I want to do is I want to share what revenge is. Because a lot of times um, people may not know the, the realness of what that is or the true definition. All right, Alaska, God bless you. They may not know the true definition of what it is. And they do it. And they see another thing, if you don't get in the word, there are quite a few things that you won't understand and you won't know. I don't know all 66 books by heart. I don't know every passage of scripture right off the top of my head. But I can pray and go to the word and God will give me wisdom. He'll give me understanding. He was the one who said, in all you're getting, get an understanding. Get understanding. The best way to understand what he's talking about is to go to him. So the definition of vengeance, according to Mr. Webster, uh, or should I just say Webster, it says punishment. Uh, inflicted in retaliation for an injury or an offense. In other words, someone did something to you. So now you want to inflict pain that you felt back on them. They did it to me, I'm going to get them back. No. No. Because this is what the word of God says. (laughs) Over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. Now this is what he said about it. Not what I said, not what I think, not what I might be understanding, but this is the true understanding. And this is what he said about it. In verse 19 of Romans chapter 12, it says, dearly beloved, look what he called us. I believe he was just sweet right there. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Don't go back and retaliate against who did something to you. Don't even hold on to it. Try not to even remember that they did that to you. Beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. Let it go. Let it be. Because these things going to happen. Somebody going to lie on you. Somebody going to cheat you out of something. Some man going to tell you he loved you and he lied. Some woman going to tell you she loved you and she lied. On the job, they pat you on the back while they got the, the dagger sticking it in your back. But rather give place unto wrath. Let, let them over there that's, that, that's vengeful and wrathful and angry and wild. Let them do that thing. Let them do it. For it is written, vengeance is mine. Did you hear that? Vengeance is mine. Vengeance is the Lord. Vengeance belongs to God. Who better know how to revenge than him? Who better know how to fight the battle than him? He knows the very intent of your heart. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. He sees everything you do and you don't do. Mm-hmm. 
So look, he didn't just leave it and say, vengeance is mine now. He said, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, this is what he said. This is why we pray for our enemies and we love them. And we don't take vengeance. We don't take revenge. If you look at verse 20, it says, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, the one that did that bad thing to you, if they hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. But in doing thou, in doing so, well, in, in so doing, in other words, in doing this, thou shalt reap coals of fire on his head. Now, what he did to you, he going to get much more than that. It's going to be hot on him. He won't be able to bear or she won't be able to bear what you've been able to bear. Oh, yeah, it's going to be heavy for them. 21 says this now. Listen closely. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Are we hearing this? Are we hearing this? Don't, don't don't show the world what you can do to somebody who did something to you. Yeah, we, we don't want to do all that. We don't want to kill nobody, fight nobody, shoot nobody, cut nobody, stab nobody, poison nobody. We don't want to do any of those other. Oh, we don't want to do that. And if we go and look at verse 18, it says, if it be possible as much as lies in you. <laughs> Live peaceably with all men. I can't help what they did to me. I learned to wait on God, and and when I waited on him, he turned it all around for my good. I don't know what they good was, but I don't know what they part and they ending was, but mine was good. I was the winner. I come out shining. <laughs> hey, I come out bright as the sun. I come out good, 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 good. Yeah. I come out blessed. I even came out feeling holy. <laughs> I came out feeling clean, hallelujah, righteous. That's how I came out of it. Because when I look back at what the enemies had done, God avenged them, and, 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 and guess what happened to me? He blessed me to see it, and then some of them came back, apologized. Some of them didn't apologize. They just came back and just showed me love like they didn't do anything, but that's okay. They don't have to apologize. I forgave anyway. Seeking revenge is something we, not the people of God. Now, I'm not talking to the world. Understand me today. I'm talking to the believers. I'm talking to them that say they know God. I'm talking to the ones that say I got God. I, I, I'm talking to those that say I had him all my life. I had him ever since I was a child. That is who I'm talking to this morning. Which brings me to 1 John chapter 4. Let's look at it. 1 John chapter 4. This is one of my all-time favorites right here. I can remember sitting on the curb waiting to go to work. Mm. And the Lord gave me a formula, hallelujah, to keep me. He knew what I was getting ready to endure, but I didn't know. So he gave me some things to walk in. 
See, because we, we got to learn more and more to walk in the spirit. That way we won't fulfill the lust of our flesh. It was some things coming my way. I was even thinking to be fired on my job because I told the truth. I worked for the same man off and on for 32 years, but he, it was out of his hand because there was a board. And when you have a board, uh, there's some things put in place and you have to follow these rules. I didn't know this. I worked as a, I want to call it a, a credit manager. Well, that's what I was. I was going to say an account manager, but I was a credit manager. When you called in, I was the person you talked to. I got all of your information to verify you and your credit. And this is what I, I was doing. Well, there was what they call a district manager and then the manager of the store. I was the next, you know, in, in command under the manager. So the manager was a woman and the district manager was a man. He was married. And the married district manager was gone with the single manager. I didn't know this. I don't get, I don't watch people like that. Look, I'm going on about my business. So he comes and they get together and she says, Barbara, I'll be back. Well, he didn't have to say anything. Guess what? He was the district manager. He was never there long periods of time anyway. So he left, she left. I continued to do my my job, what they paid me to do. Well, the phone rang out front, and the people out front, the clerks, and they, they get the phones, and if it's for credit, they send it to me. If not, they take care of everything. So this guy come to the door, he, one of the clerks, he said, hey, Barbara, he said, uh, that's an important call for you right there. I said, okay. I picked the phone up. The lady said, hello. I said, hello. She said, it's so-and-so in there. Let, let, let's name him Jerry. Let's call him Jerry this morning. Not J-E-R-R-I, but J-E-R-R-Y, like Alice and Jerry. <laughs> so let's say she said, is Jerry there? I said, no. Uh, let, let's call the other, the latest Cheryl. Is Cheryl there? I said, no, I think Jerry and Cheryl left together. She said, oh, do you know where they went? I said, no, ma'am, I don't. She said, because this is Jerry's wife, and I'm looking for him, and yada, yada, yada. Well, guess what? I still didn't know. <laughs> I promise you, I did not know. I done told on the district manager that he with his girlfriend, which the wife already knew suspected, but I didn't know. And telling her that, I just told her the truth. I didn't know. I didn't know where they was, but I knew they left together. I saw that with my own eyes. So I went on that day, finished out my work. My boss called me and uh, he said, listen, he said, uh, uh, Jerry and Cheryl upset with you. I said, about what? 
He said, you told the wife about them being girlfriend and boyfriend. I said, who? He said, when the woman called you and asked if Jerry was there and if Cheryl was there, and you told her, no, they left together. And she asked you, where did they go? And when you said you didn't know, that brother let her know they was out valigating together. They was out at the hotel or whatever they were. I said, well, I didn't know nothing about all of this. He said, well, Barbara, we, we, we may have to let you go because da-da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever, which I already knew. So I said, okay, no problem. But God sent me the first John. He sent me over the second Peter, sitting on the curb, waiting to go to work. Because I lived in the house with the same man who was my boss. And I would get dressed. I would get on up. When the alarm go off, I get right up, get in the shower, get dressed, do my hair, come on out the door. It would take him a while because I guess he got the wrestling and fight to get out the bed. So when he finally come downstairs, most times I'd be done read three or four chapters and got understanding, got clarity on it. It's where God led me because he knew what I would have to endure, and he did not want me to seek revenge. He did not want me to take revenge because the same boss, he said, look, I'm going to put in for a, a, a grievance against this and a hearing, and when you come to that hearing, I want you to show out. He said, I want you to be blacker than you <laughs> Y'all got to know he was a fool here. <clears throat> He said, I want you to lay some cussing down in there like they'd never heard. I don't cuss no more. I can't. <laughs> God delivered me from the cussing. I don't do that no more. He said, I want you to just show out in there. I, I didn't tell him, but I was saying to myself, I can't. I, I don't even remember how. So God knew I would endure that. I would encounter that. That would come my way. The devil had set a plan and a plot. But look what happened. In John, first John chapter 4, beloved, oh, it's sweet right there. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Verse 2 says, hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come into the flesh, in the flesh is of God. Verse 3 says, and every spirit that confesses not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Do you hear this? And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now, already is it in the world. He's already here. He ain't coming. He's already here. That's why you see things going the way that they're going today. Listen. Verse 4 says, ye are of God, little children. Oh, that's sweet right there. And have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Did you hear that part? Because greater is he. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But is he in you? Do you have greater in you? Do you remember that you accepted greater? Are you operating, showing the signs of greater 
that's in you. Yeah, you you overcome. He overcame, so we overcoming. We're more than conquerors. Verse 5 says, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world heareth them. Do you hear me? Verse 6 says, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. See, because of this, the greater that's in me and the greater that's in you, when I bring clarity, when I bring the wisdom of God through his word to you, guess what? You, you receive it. You accept it. You believe it. You walk in it. Why? We both have greater. We are of God. And he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. No, they can't do it because they got their own thing going on. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I know when it's real and I know when it's wrong. I know when it's real and then I know when you it's foolishness. I know when you don't receive what's been taught. I know that. Many can hear all of the other things that I say, but when it comes to the truth, they, they, they don't they, they reject it. I'm just telling you the truth. Some people can quote back to me right now, I'm with you when you're right. But they don't remember I said you got to walk in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. That part they don't remember. When they hear let go, they don't pay that no attention. I can't. That's what they say. But it said up here in verse 4, greater is he that lives, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So you telling me God is weak in you. You telling me you weak. You don't have the full armor on. You don't have the full God on. Because you can remember I'm with you when you're right, but you can't remember walking in the spirit that we don't fulfill the lust of our flesh. Come on now. Verse 7 says, here we go. Beloved, that's sweet right there. <laughs> Let us love one another. Now, this is what he said. You can't hold it against me. I wasn't there when God inspired man to write it, but I believe it. You can't hold this against me. It's not my word. He inspired man. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, that's what he said. Take it and do what you got to do with it. But this is his word, not mine again. He said, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Oh, he going to sum it up. Don't worry. He going to sum it up. Beloved. Look how sweet that is. Humble. Oh, passionate. Compassionate. Ooh, just got all I need right there in that word right there, beloved. I, I, I'm saying this is the son of God. This is almighty God's word. And he's calling us beloved. Look at that. Let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8 going to sum it right up kind of good for you here. Verse 8 says, he that loveth not knoweth not God. What you say, Barbara? He that loveth not knoweth not God. 
So you telling me if I'm prejudiced and I hate every race but my own and I go to church every Sunday, I receive Jesus. You telling me that I don't know God, I'm telling you you don't know him because you don't have love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. For God is love. So, Bobby, you telling me uh, because I don't, you know, love the Catholic Church, I don't have God. He said for us to love. No, you don't. He loved everybody. He so loved the world. He didn't say, I so love black folks. I so love non-denominational. I so love the Baptist people. No, he said he so loved the world. You know how big that is? You know how many people that is? Do you know the good, the bad, and the ugly is in the world? Do you know your enemy is in the world? But yet he said he loved. For God is love. God is love. I'm going to do this one and then I'm moving on. I want to go all the way through, but I got to move on. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Oh, can I do just one more? (laughs) Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sin. Oh, one more, one more, Barbara. 11 says, beloved, look how sweet that is. Look how loving and kind and merciful that is. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. We should love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. That's verse 12. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to stop myself because I read the whole thing. And we're still talking about seeking revenge. What you think about when you hear seeking revenge? Do you think of your enemies? Do you think of those you know did you wrong or those you believe even? has done you wrong, revenge, seeking revenge. Did you know or do you remember that God loves your enemies? He loved the pedophile. We heard the man yesterday. Someone was sharing with me about two people and what happened to them one raped the other one for years. Same sex. But do you know the one that did the rape and God loved him too? Do you know the murderer, the one that killed these people's son or killed their daughter, the mom or the daddy, whatever close family family member that they murdered, do you know God loved the murderer too? But God so loved the world, he gave. His only begotten. He knew these things. And when we come to him in the fullness and let greater rule in our lives, when we let the spirit of God lead and guide us, even through his word, even through everyday routines, we will see, and especially in our personal at-home Bible study, 
we gonna get to see that we gotta be like Jesus more and more every day. We gotta be like the Son. We can't hate nobody. We can't take revenge against nobody. I have said things and had to rush back to the altar and repent because I know better and God showed me me quickly. I wanted to go back and watch some movies that wasn't so godly. It, it, it was movies of the world and the things the world does and the way that the worldly people think. And I did that a couple of times and boy, I was just looking at it and I, I could see all of the illness in it. I could see all the sick minds. I could see how people needed God, but I, 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 I just sat there and I just watched it. And this morning, even waking up, you know, I said, Lord, I can't watch this kind of stuff. I got to go back. I got to go back to watching, watching things that encourage and inspire me and strengthen me in you and grow me. In. I can't watch this stuff. Yeah. It's just a bunch of uncontrolled, confused messed up minded people. I can't do that. He gave me power. He gave me love and a sound mind. Say I had I have the power to turn that stuff off and go back to Paul. Go back to the book of Matthews, the the, the Acts. Yeah, you see, I have the power to do all of that. I have the power to just say no to my flesh. Yeah. I have the power to crucify my flesh. He gave me love. I got to love everybody, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't care what you did. I don't care how you did it to me. I got to love you. I don't care what your motive was for coming. God brought you. I don't care what you think about me. I got to love you. You don't have to love me, but I must love you. How about that? Yeah. And people come all the time. I've had people coming and going. And, I, you know, at, at some point, I'm thinking, this is my friend. No, I'm not a friend of theirs. And then I'm somebody they can come and get something from when they're feeling down, when they're feeling bad, when they're feeling out. But that's my job. I don't have a problem with that. Because some people, I, 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 don't, I, I can't be close to you anyway because of the way you really live. God is on the corner, and you three blocks over. I'm just honest. And you come to him when you need him. Yeah, because some people, you know, they put him in the box. They try to put him in the box. Oh, look at my neighbor. He's bringing the garbage can in. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But, but we want to remember this. We should not seek revenge against Anyone, anyone, and especially the members of the household of faith, especially the members in God, your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's another thing. Greater should teach you, each one of us that receives Jesus, we are truly related through Jesus Christ. I can't help it that you're a Methodist. I don't have nothing to do with you receiving the Catholic way. I got nothing to do with you saying you Pentecostal apostolic. You AME, you CME Methodist. I don't have nothing. 
We are related through the blood of Jesus if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I can't help it that you're a religious person, but you believe. I'm walking with relationship with God, in relationship with him. You're religious. I yet got to love you. Sometimes I can't tell you about your error. I I can't show you the error of your ways. I I just got to pray you through. So I just got to pray for you. Because if I say something, it's going to cause a confliction between us. Affliction, rather, between us. We're going to be at odds with each other. I can't speak to her. I don't speak to her. No, no, no. You see it? Don't say nothing about it. Pray about it. Now, if God say open your mouth, you got to tell him. But a lot of times, God don't say say nothing to these people because they belong to him. Live by example. Show them who I am, Barbara. I've shown people who he is, and they still blind. But when they need something, they will come to me. Huh? Well, why can't you go to that God you over there with and, and get what you can? Why you got to come over here where my God is that you don't believe he moves this way, but yet I'm blessed? You can't think it's the devil. Because if it was the devil, when you come back to me, I'd have cuss you out and probably pull my gun on you if I had one and send you on your way. Do you? I would be like Judge Master. Do you think I'm lame to the game? Huh? <laughs> Get on away from me. But because he lives in me, because I have greater. For God is love. I have love in me because I have God. I can't do that. When they come back, I serve them again. Never give it a second thought. Serve them and move on, Barbara. And it's all right today in Jesus' name. Many people feel revenge is justifiable, but it is not. I know, I know how it would feel to pay them back. I know they think it's justifiable. Well, they did this to me and I did that to them. Back in the day, I watched the thing uh, when Shantae was home. Uh, what was the name of this program? I can't think of it right away. That's a shame. But this one girl, I had never heard a song like this before. And she sang a song, Sion. It said, I bust the windows out your car. You know, I did it because I left my mark. And she did it with a crowbar. Huh? Why? She took revenge against him because she caught him cheating with another woman. And guess what? Felt justified in it. Women cut men tired, bust their windows out, cut their clothes up, burn their clothes, do all kind of evil stuff, and they feel justified. He cheated on me. He did this. No, no, no. And go to church all the time. Church, folks, church, folks. Yeah. Yeah, Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, see, I thank you so much. But what was the name of Glee? Glee was the name of the program that used to come on. Yeah. Listen, we don't have to take revenge. We're not supposed to. We already went over that this morning. God is love, and we got to love our enemies. He said if they hungry, feed them. If they thirsty, give them some water, give them a drink. Even if they naked, go ahead and close them. If they go in the hospital sick, go visit them. If they go to prison, go to the jail or prison and visit them if you can get in. Why? Vengeance is mine. I'll repay. And believe me, he knows just how to pay. 
Yeah. See, we might do something physical to them. And they heal up. I beat them up. Bam, bam, bam. They heal up from the beating. But what God's going to do to them, oh, it'll get them right where they live. If you can let go and let God. He know how. See, we don't know how. We're going to mess up everything. Let God do it. So look, I know it feel good if you could repay them. If you could pay them back. But no, no, no. We don't want to feel good. We don't want it to feel good to us. Because guess what? We need to ask God to forgive them just like Jesus did and Stephen because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. It is God's job to avenge his people, to revenge them, avenge them. Anything go on with us is God's job. We belong to him. We were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. We're no longer our own. Our life is hid in him. Go back over this and and play it over in your mind. Yeah. Now, this is for them that loves him and desire to walk upright before him. This is not for everybody now, because some folk go into church because they feel like they're part of a social club. They belong to something. They know some people over here. If they didn't go there, they wouldn't have nobody. Now, this is for them that want to walk upright before him. This is for them that want greater to grow more in them. This is for them that wants to grow in the spirit and in God's word daily. Excuse me. Yeah. First Samuel 24 and 18. Do we remember this? Remember David and Saul in the cave? David had a chance to destroy Saul. David then thought, here is the greatest time right now to kill Saul. Oh, we got him right here. Saul was sweet. His men, the soldiers were sweet. David and his little 600 men or 400 or whoever he took with him creeped over there. David men wanted him to kill Saul because, see, David's suffering would have been over. No more running and hiding in caves. I can go home to the wives and I can go home to my children in peace. I ain't got to watch my back no more. I don't have to be on the run. But David refused. Why, Barbara? Why did David refuse to kill his enemy when he had the chance? Because Saul was not playing with David. He was going to kill him. He was going to murder David. David refused, and David let nobody touch Saul. And he said, this is God's anointed. I'm not going to put my hand on God's anointed. What he said, that the spirit doesn't come on. That's what David used to say. So look, he cut off a piece, piece of Saul's robe so he could show him, hey, king, I could have killed you. Look at your robe in my hand. I still see as God's anointed. And when I tell you because of that, David was some kind of blessed. Saul's blood was not on David's hand. No evil thing had David did against Saul. Look, had David killed Saul, he would he would have been free. No more over his shoulder, no more running and hiding and ducking and dying. But he wouldn't do it. I'm going back to look at First Samuel 24 and look at verses three to uh, through four. Yeah, we got to be like David. Don't 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 seek revenge. Don't try to pay our enemies for what they've done to us. Keep it moving in Jesus. 
Look. First Samuel 23, 24 and 3 says, And it came to the sheep coat, by the way, where was a cave. And Saul went in to cover his feet. And David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privately. It came to pass afterwards that David's heart smote him. Did you hear that? Because he had cut off Saul's skirt. When you in God and God is in you, you can't do any and every old thing. It won't work. If you hurt somebody feeling that thing going to bother you until you go back over there and apologize. That thing going to bother you. going to be, I shouldn't have did that. Lord, have mercy. Why? Oh, that thing piercing your heart. You know better. David went against his desire to take revenge. Yes, he did. Looking back at David, his real desire was to please God and not David's natural desire, but his spiritual. How many of us spiritual today are we just religious people? We going through the motions. We believe what we want to believe. How many of us, we believe what some man taught us? I know it says uh, they need a preacher. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's been sent? Well, what are you doing about your part of studying to show you to God? What are you doing about knowing God's word for yourself? He's no respecter of persons. He's not just going to give it to the preacher and don't give you understanding. You got to live it every day. We can't just depend on the preacher for understanding of the word of God. Yeah. Saul was so surprised when David spared his life. He saw David was more upright than he. Saul was king, but allowed those evil spirits to use him. David was led by what he knew about God and that God wished none to be none to perish even your enemy, because he, he loves your enemy. There are several scriptures that comes to mind, like let the wheat and the tab grow together. Love your enemy. In this life, things and people come against us, and they may not have a reason other than to hurt us, or there may be gain for them in some way. Oh, yeah. There's always inconsiderate people Never think of others, only themselves. They may think of family, uh, being and there, or those who who could care less about things. Look, many times when people come to me, they, they don't think of a need. Oh, she might need a soda. <laughs> oh, she might need a sandwich. She might need a drink. Oh, oh no, she don't need nothing. I'm not going to give her nothing. I've seen people with less than many others. And when they come, if they don't have a cent, they bring it. Hey, Barbara, I know you like them blow pops. I'm, I brought 50 cents. That's all I got, Barbara. So I wanted to bring 50 cents so you can get a blow pop. People will give more to their disobedient children, their disobedient family members, uh, 
that disobedient friends before they give to the members of the household of faith. And they say they saved, they, but they, they're not considerate. And in this life, we try to pay for everything that we get if we can. The scriptures say, oh, no man. Now, that's what he said. Now, you can't hold it against him. We go to the restaurant, we should leave a tip. And not just money only. You leave money, a tip. But you leave the word of God with the person too. God bless you. God love you. Say something godly. Put God on their hearts and minds. Yeah. Somebody do something for you, you do something for them. Not tit for tat, but to show God I love you and you have blessed me. And I'm not expecting nothing from nobody other than you. But we come into selfish play and a lot of things. This is why when somebody do something to us many times, we seek revenge right away. Or we're going to call Big Larry. Big Larry, they, they cuss me out. We're going to call that heathen in the family. We want them to go over there and shoot it up, cut it up, tear it up because we're selfish. But we say great is he that lives within us than he that is in the world. We say we've been with God all our life. We say we got saved when we was children. We say we went to the altar and say, I do. I, I know God. That's what we say. We don't say we're learning more about him. We say we got it. We on our way. We just waiting on the bridegroom to come. If he comes, you're going to be in trouble because you haven't gotten this thing worked out. We got to go to God daily. We got to grow in him daily. We got to seek him daily and his word. So that we'll be made whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said he was going to show us a mystery. That we all will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But you got to have God in you to change. And if you haven't gotten revenge and all these things under control. And gave all this stuff that you should have gave to God. You can't go. Your heart cluttered. You stuff with the world. He's coming back looking for his church. With our spot or rancor, not the world. I'm just telling you what he said. So look, there are neighbors who hate each other. In 208, I had a neighbor for no reason I could think of was angry with me. Yeah, she threw a piece of sausage on my car windshield. I saw her do it and called me an ugly name. I said nothing, did nothing but ignored it. Look now, I didn't know this woman from a can of paint. I didn't know her. I didn't know I had did anything to her. I went in my house and came out my house, got in my car, on about my business. I didn't know any of the neighbors. Yeah. Went on with my life. That's what I did. I was in school at the time and doing online classes in 208. I did go out much. I mean, I didn't go out much because of those classes, you know, had been captivity. I had to study. I'm an older girl. I never paid attention to her, uh, whatever she had against me. And a guy I kind of knew, and, and I said, you know, kind of because he was thinking like the world. He came to see me, and we went out and got lunch and came back to the house. I wanted a, a, a SD card. And I didn't really know a lot about him, but I needed one for a camera or something. And he took me and showed me, you know, what size SD card to get. And so 
he told me this. He said, well, uh, if, if she threw that on your car, throw something back on hers. And throw more garbage on hers than she throwed on yours. I was surprised to hear him say that. I really was, because look, he was a church musician and a churchyard man. So I was surprised to hear the church man talk like that. And I said to him, no, I, I can't do that. And he got upset. I remember that. He got upset. What? If you start it, I'll finish it. No, you won't. Not over here. Uh-uh. God won't take care of this. He wanted to be a part of the revenge against the neighbor. The church man, the musician, the churchyard man, he didn't have to preach every Sunday. It's going in one ear and had to be coming out the other. Listen to what happened. My daughter Shante and I was home. And we hear commotion. And, uh, you know, Shante got ears and good, good ears and good eyes. Her mama ain't got all that. Like, she got fresh young, fresh young mind, you know. So we kind of peeped out the window, the door, or whatever, and the police was taking her to jail for filling her car up with gas and driving off. Do y'all hear what I say? Did not pay for the gas she got at the service station. And they got a tag number, and a tag number led the police to a house. Within a month of her going to jail, a new neighbor moved in. That next month, somebody else was in there. A kind lady, no problem. I felt good because God took care of the situation for me. I didn't have to revenge or binge. I didn't have to do any of that. Yeah. Many times... People get hurt bad or, or die because it appears some neighbor or co-worker, let's say, uh, is weak, you know. No, they're not taking revenge to stay out of trouble. This woman had no clue where I had been or the things I had been involved in. The person you think is weak is a real killer. I'm telling you sometimes. You could die. Family, family get involved, and it turned ugly just that quick. You don't know what people background, you don't know where they come from. Everybody in their family could be killers. And you just woke up one morning and just don't like this person. And just find it necessary to, to do something to them. Ugly. It could turn ugly for you real quick. Can you think of a time when you wanted revenge? And remember, God would not be pleased. Sometimes the spirit of God in us reminds us on the spot. But we want revenge right then and there. So we act. Then we think about it. After we done act, then we think about it. I'm going to go over there and whoop them. And after I whoop them, then I'll go back to God. Now, don't go over there and whoop them. Because you might get over there and get killed and don't get to go back to God. How about that? Oh, yeah. They say they'll go back to him later. I'm going to put my religion down and I'll pick it up later on. No, it's no such thing. You can't put it down and pick it up when you get ready. That's not how it works. 
I know that's how you want it to work, but that's not how it works. Look at you. We're reminded God will not be pleased. And the scripture comes to mind, vengeance is mine. You even think about how it can escalate into more. Sometimes you think about that. Well, if I go over there and I slap and she slapped me back, I'm going to really put the what's happening on. Yeah, you, you, you plan some things in your mind. But this is where this comes in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. I'm going to cut it off right there. I'm going to cut that right there and leave that right there. Lean not to your own understanding. Lord, these people done come over here and broke my window out. I, I've seen incidents where women went over and busted all the windows out the car. And guess what? It wasn't even the boyfriend's car. This car was parked at the person's house. They didn't pay no attention to the tag number. They didn't see what was hanging on the mirror. They didn't pay no, guess what? The car wasn't even the same color. They went over and towed this person's car up and had the wrong car. The boyfriend was way somewhere else to another woman's house with his car. But that looked like David's car. That looked like John's car. Oh, that's Jared's car. I'm going to tear it up. He over here. That's not even a car. And you want the person to come out the door so you can really climb. Might shoot them. I don't know. They never come outside. They call the police, police get there, and they don't know why the car got tore up. Yeah. But God fixed everything. Yes, he does. Yeah. So we we, we don't want to go on with self-revenge. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Remembering you could have done this differently. Some repent, and some feel justified. And if they feel justified, they are not going to repent. Because they feel like, I don't have nothing to repent for. Huh? You're full of, you're full of rage. You're full of evil. You're full of the devil because you don't want to give it to God and let him fix it. And not feel like hurting anyone. We shouldn't want to hurt anybody. Never. Physically or spiritually or mentally, we should never want to hurt anyone. If we can't build up, we should never try and tear down. If we can't build up, we should walk away. Leave it alone. Leave them alone. Because we're never building, we're trying to tear down. And, you know, I'm going to tell you something else. We shouldn't try to be a part of every social club. I I, I don't come out so everybody can like me. I know everybody won't. God have a certain kind. Yeah, he he has certain kinds of people (laughs) that need him. 
Those are people that hang out with me. Those are people that come to me. Those that need God and know they need him. Many people, as long as things are going real good for them, I'm talking about people in high places even, who say they're Christians, they believers, they the saints of God. As long as everything is going good, I can never hear nothing. I don't care how high up the guy, how big their ministry is. But as soon as things go to falling apart or go to going south, as we call it, in the south, then guess what happens? They willing to even talk to little old Barbara with her small ministry. <laughs> you see this? But as long as things going good, that, but would a, would, would a person like me seek revenge? Well, I'm not going to talk to them. Let them go where they've been going. No, 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 I can't think like that. I got to welcome them in with open arms. Sometimes they don't want advice. They just want to talk it out. It'd be better to get it up out of here. I know I do. And many days I had nobody but God to talk to. And then I just, if I felt the need for a human, I wrote it out on paper. Made me feel so much better because I couldn't tell nobody. Because they're not looking for me to come to them. They're looking to come to me. Yeah. I remember one day Shanti asked me, to my mama, where you go? to Jesus. He's the author finisher of my faith. He's my all in all. He's all I got. And hallelujah, he's all I need and more. Yeah. But let's don't think of revenge. Let's don't be against people. Let's put it on the altar and walk away. Let's go boldly before the throne of grace and make this petition known unto God. Lord, I don't want to be a revenger. You said vengeance is yours. I don't want to feel feeling of wanting to hurt somebody. I don't want to do that, Lord. You're love and you're in me and I want to show love. God, I want to do things nobody else would do. I want to love the unlovable. Help me to have patience for them who don't grasp it right away. Strengthen me the trial of getting patience. Help me to forgive those who have done things against me. I don't care how bad it was, Lord. I want the feeling of peace about it. I want to know that I've forgiven them from the root of this mess. I want to be, forgive them and forget it and move on in you. Because let me tell you something, in him, there's joy. Hey, glory. In him, there's peace. In him, there's love. In him, there's kindness. In him, is overwhelmingly pleasing. It's so pleasing I could just pass out. In him. That's how pleasing it is. But when we're holding on to all of these old emotions of the flesh, which is no good because there's no good thing in your flesh, you living in trauma. You 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 just going through. You're not at peace. You keep going in your past, picking and choosing things, or, or you might pick it all. But I found a savior today, and he is sweet. I know. Listen, dark clouds 
may come. Stormy winds may blow. Listen to that. But I personally can tell the world, wherever I go, I found a Savior, and he is sweet, I know. Can you really tell yourself that this morning? Can you tell yourself you've let go of hating your enemies, hating them parents that did the abuse to you, hating that uncle, the dad, the mom, the cousin, whoever raped you, whoever molested you, whoever beat you, whoever left you? Can you really say this morning that you truly love them with the love of God and you let go? I refuse to be tortured by that devil anymore from my past. I'm moving on in Jesus. I found a savior and he's sweet, I know. And the savior that I found, he have all power. He don't just have the power to give me things. He have the power to change my heart and mind. Hallelujah. He has the power to help me to forgive and to forget. He has the power that I can walk in this new life. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. I'm grateful unto him this morning. You have no clue. I appreciate him today. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love Jesus. Look what he did for my life. Look where I am in him in my life. I still have him from 1993 when I first truly came to him. No form of godliness. No foolishness. I still have him. I'm still thinking about him the same way, just like it just happened that day that it happened. I didn't, I didn't get him back then and leave him back there, and I moved on. He brought me up until this present time. I desired to seek more of him. I desired to turn off the foolishness of my flesh, crucify my flesh, bury my flesh, let my flesh die, make it die. Don't you know from 93 up until 2022, I done seen a fella that I like a whole bunch? <laughs> Got to know that from then to now, no man with a husband that don't have one. With a husband that may need one, just don't want one. But as I'm getting older, I'm learning to tell God, not my will, your will. He said it's better to marry than to burn, burning hell and burning your flesh. Don't get hurt. But he blessed me because I choose him. I choose ministry. When I tell you I love men, I can't help myself. Love them. I like the way they walk. I like the way they look. I like their strength. Yeah, it's many things I love about them. Like the way they sound, the way they talk. Sometimes the way they think is so different and crazy, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Oops, 
Did I say crazy fellas? I meant it in the kindest way. Yeah. But I found God. I found him. And when I tell you, I truly found him. Oh, I just want to hold on to him. I can't let go. He'll give me balance. Listen, yes, he will. He will give me balance to juggle the ministry and the family, which would be my husband. He would give me balance. But I like the idea, or I may wake up 1030 at night. I like the idea I can just roll over and pick my Bible up and just go to reading. Because when I woke up, I woke up with something on my mind. I, I woke up with uh, getting to know God. I, I woke up with living with a, a kingdom mentality. You know, I, I, I woke up with, how, how, how do I get to God? You know, I woke up with, how do I stay with him? You know, I woke up with, what, what would it take to go back with him when he, I woke up with this. And when I turned over, I didn't turn over to a man, but I turned over to the word. <laughs> yeah. And I like that kind of carrying on. So it is what it is. I love him. Love his word. It does not make me perfect. I'm striving for perfection. I'm not a perfectionist yet. Apostle Paul teach me things. Still teaching me. John teach me things. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yeah, Jeremiah. Huh? Genesis. Deuteronomy. Woo, ecstasy, my goodness. It teaches me things. I'm learning more and more things about the spiritual life and the life of God and, and the way that he moves and the way that he is and his son Jesus. And I'm set free because of him. Uh, why, why so much freedom? Uh, because I couldn't free myself. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just happy. Nothing against men. I love you. I promise. Single men, oh yeah. I can talk to them all day and all night. And when they show that manly cycle, they different than a woman. <laughs> that just makes me too happy. <laughs> it just makes me happy. There's no lust. No, 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 that's not lust. And I don't flirt. No, no, ma'am, and no, sir. Yeah. We keep it 100 holy unto God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like now, worldly men, you know, they, they don't know nothing about that, so I can't play at all with them. I can't tease in the slight. Oh, no, don't do that. Uh-uh. Because they don't understand. You smile at them, they think you want them. You say, hi, how you doing? Oh, you want them. She after me. No such of the sort. Just friendly. Kind, full of God's love. Hallelujah. So let's don't seek revenge. Let's think on what's good, what's lovely, what's wholesome, what's pure, what's pleasing unto God. Let's think on these things. Yeah, let's do that. Hallelujah. Because see, it, it may take time to get there, but I truly can say finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, 
think on these things. We got something to put our mind on daily. Yeah. And we want to keep our mind on God because it's him that keeps us in perfect peace when we keep our mind on him. Because it reminds us he'll work it out. No need for me to keep fooling with it. God will work it out for me. Hallelujah. So quickly, let me do roll call this morning. Uh, some mornings I forget. Y'all forgive me. And uh, I, I keep saying I'm going to type a new roll call list, and I, I, I just don't. But this morning, I'm going to leave it out, and I'm going to get that roll call list uh, retyped. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we give you glory this morning. We give you the honor and praise. Thank you for all you've done, what you're doing right now, what you're going to. I, I want to ask uh, one morning, Sister Yvonne, uh, to come and give a testimony. And uh, But I know she'd be working, and I don't know if she's still able uh, to be up and over here at 7 a.m. because she's in California, and that'll probably be around 5 her time. But I'm going to see if I can get her to come. We talked yesterday, so I'm going to see if I can get her. Remember her mother, Margaret. Oh, what a beautiful thing God has done in them. Woo! Hallelujah. What a beautiful thing he has worked out. Yeah, so we're thankful. We're thankful. I, I just kept working with her and working with her. The Lord kept using me and using me. And I and I know if he speak it, it shall come to pass. It may be two or three years. It may be five years. But you got to be like Job. Though it tarry, wait for it. It may take a long time. Wait for it. Because the end result is going to be for you. You're going to be the winner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning to you, Sister Dorothy Goodman and Sister Mary Ann. Sister Rose Brown, I see you over there, Rose. I got to get by and I'm going to bring them stew peas to you. Sister Simone, good morning to you. Uh, Melanie Rose, Sister Angela in California, Sister Laura, good morning, God baby. Good morning, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah. Good morning, uh, Sister Lachelle and Sister Andrea Spinner. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sister Andrea in Philadelphia. Good morning, Sister Keisha, Sister Rita, Sister Sion, Sister Diane, Sister Angela Foot, Sister Anna Lee Foot. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Sister Kim Hart and um, Sister Michelle, Sister Irene. Good morning to you. Good morning, Sister Patricia Fluka, Sister Lisa, Sister Yvonne, and Apostle Claudia Boatwright. She's not here today, but good morning, Apostle. God bless you. God bless Oh, yes, she is. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, woman. Look, I want to get with you, too, Apostle. Maybe later on today I'll send you a message because I, I may be coming to your area. And uh, if I get that way, maybe we can get together and, and, and have a one one day, one night church service. Yeah. So I, I want to get with you on that. Good morning to you. That main man holding that chat room down. Ooh, ooh. Good morning to you. Pray, Sherry, feeling well over there and feeling better and getting better. We yet praying for Sherry. Yeah, that's Brother Louis White. And uh, God bless you, Sherry. God bless you today. And a uh, good morning to you, Brother Jermaine. I saw Brother Jermaine number in here yesterday, and uh, I was intending to say something to him so that if he didn't have to rush away. But I didn't say anything, and he didn't press the number one. But I saw him in here yesterday. Yeah. 
And uh, brother, brother uh, Jermaine live in California too. So 5 a.m. Y'all know that's early. So I think he catch the archive show. And he told me, I think it was, it was last week. He said, Sister Barbara, I done caught up all my shows, and it is no more shows. I said, No, nah, brother Jermaine, I am on vacation. He said, Okay. So in other words, I catch it when you come back off vacation. Good brother. Good brother. Yeah. Good morning, brother Anthony. And uh, God bless you, sir. Thank God for you as well. And uh, brother Anthony been with me a long time. <laughs> we met on blog TV. Remember that, brother Anthony? After the temple ride, this wave. I'm going to see what this woman got going on over here. And he and brother D. Good morning, brother D. Yeah, and brother D stayed too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning to your brother Mike Hawk. And uh, I think I told Kim Hawks good morning. Hey, Kim. And uh, Brother George West Perry. Perry been here a minute, too, with me now. Brother Perry been riding away, too. And uh, a real blessing. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. God bless you, Brother Perry. Uh, Brother Lee Hamilton. Hadn't heard from Brother Hamilton in a while. I don't know if he's still listening. But uh, I thank God for him. Brother Justin Gilmore. God bless you, Brother Gilmore. Thank God for you, man. Brother Frank. Brother Marquez Griffin. God bless you. And that boy over there, that main buddy of mine, y'all know I got a good buddy, and if I let him, he'll keep me laughing. Pastor David Jackson. Yes, sir. That's Sion husband. Good morning, my buddy. God bless you. God bless you. Thank God for you. And I'm praying for y'all, and I, that God will move. And Sion is Dr. Goodman's daughter, and buddy is her son-in-law. And let me tell y'all, y'all don't want to mess with Buddy now, because Dot love that son-in-law right there. Yeah, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So we thank God for this faithful few. And I hope I didn't miss anybody. I'm looking down the studio. Sister Jerry, did I miss that Jerry Crowd? How could I miss that Jerry Crowd? Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. God bless you this morning. Thank God for you, too. Hallelujah, I do. Good morning to you, 907 over there. I know you're resting well. Go on and rest. It's all right today in Jesus' name. <laughs> I love it. I love God today. He is good to me. He is good to me. And uh, uh, here we go. Here we go. It must be after 9 o'clock because that's when it starts. So y'all bear with for one second. We go into one more song of the morning, and uh, it will be all right today in Jesus' name. Yeah, after 9 o'clock, we got all kind of calls, y'all. Telemarketing, this kind, that kind. Yeah, because I, I started people giving, giving people the cell number because the office just rang off the hook. I was like, oof. Uh, I'm going to get them people that are going to call for counseling or prayer. Yeah, because this other phone is, is for everything. Uh, look at Brother Louis laughing. Stop it, I say, Louis. Stop it, I say. All right, we're going to our next song of the morning. And uh, when we come back briefly, I'm going to open up the studio. And um, all right. All right, I got to play it. All right, let me go to this request right here. <laughs>
And not just because it's a routine, but I miss it because he used me here. I'm blessed because of this. I'm closed in my right mind. I can talk. I can hear. I can walk. God has blessed me because I didn't come out with a motive to trick people, to take money from people. Yeah. A friend told me the other day, she said, I told me I was listening and, and I started laughing at you because something you were saying funny on the show. And she said, my sister say, who is that? And she said, I told my sister, that's Barbara. And, you know, she started telling some things. And the sister said, well, in other words, do, 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 they, do they give her gifts? And she said, no, she don't come about money. I mean, she'll take a gift, but she don't, she don't ask for a gift. Yeah. Why? Greater is he. God takes good care of me. Good care of me. And I know I probably could be rich if I asked for money, but I don't. Yeah, I don't ask for money. But I do ask that you plant a seed if you can. And assign your seed to something. Yeah, plant a seed with me and assign your seed to whatever. But I don't, you know, I talk to you and then, you know, I'm going to beg for money. That's just not me. Now, sometimes if I have done some work, like I, I, I did some work for over a year to a, I asked that you plant a seed. I asked the person. I said, well, look, I need you to plant a seed. Because they got great results out of the work now. And a laborer is worthy of his hire. And some folks, they can't really talk to pastors. Yeah, they need somebody else they believe is spiritual. They believe God used this person at some time or some point. So be a blessing to them. Be a blessing. And I want you to look here. Have a sound mind. Stop running all over the place seeking. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Get yourself in one place with God and know that he is God. Stand still and know that he is God. A lot of times we all over the place, and that's how we get messed up. All, I'm over here, I'm over there. They said, he said, she said, we said, be careful, be careful. Yeah. God will lead you where you need to go if you're trusting. Don't trust your flesh now. And don't try to make the flesh feel better. Try to get that spirit man to grow. Get that spirit man feeling good. Hallelujah. Because if you get that spirit man feeling good, and all it takes is praise and sincerity, he going to get you feeling good. Oh, the blessings of the Lord going to come down. Hallelujah. I was blessed this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Where you at? You still hanging in there? You still holding on? You get holding on? Well, you just keep on keeping on them, baby. Yeah, I think they gone now. <laughs> yeah, I had somebody that is almost, what, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning listening. And they said they had to go back to bed. They were sleeping. But they wanted to hear the word for the day. Yeah, all kind of people come. All kind of people come. And I, I am grateful unto the Lord. And uh, I woke up refreshed this morning. I didn't do uh, as much yesterday afternoon. I tried not, well, evening. I tried not to. So that today when I woke up, I was refreshed. And then I saw this morning how God works when I'm rested, when I'm refreshed. All right, Andrea Stenner, I'm coming at you right now. 
Good morning, Sister Spinner. God bless you. How are you? Oh, wait a minute. It always do that to her. It always do that. <laughs> that number one is always pressed. And uh, she at work. She at work. She can't do no talking. And when I say, uh, did you press that number one? She'd be like, no, ma'am, I didn't. Ooh, wait a minute. I got to find her, y'all, and let her know that she pressed her number one again. <laughs> All right, we go to one more song of, of the morning, one more request. Okay, did you press that one? Let me ask her, y'all. All right, so we go to one more request of the morning, and uh, when we come back. Uh, the studio be open. I love this song. I love
Hallelujah, hallelujah. That was a great song right there in Royal Elevation Church. <laughs> yeah, I like that song, Maverick City. And Maverick, Elevation, Elevation Church and Maverick City. And they chose the right person, Chris. 
they chose the perfect man to sing this song. And uh, I just love uh, the, the way he started out. Oh, that do it for me right there. That's it right there. Oh, I just love it, love it, love it. And so um, I played in my truck. You know, I uh, downloaded it in my truck. So uh, the other day I was uh, going down the street and it began to play. I got too excited because I had forgot I had downloaded it in the truck. I was like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. This my... And then, you know, every now and then uh, when I go back to listen to uh, an archive show, uh, and sometimes it's playing, you know, from that morning, or it could be two weeks behind, and then I hear the jingle in that, you know, the, the radio jingle. I forget that, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking it's on the radio in my truck. Boy, look here. I have to laugh real good at myself for this. I really do. I, re- I said, oh my goodness, that is not the radio. That's Jesus in the morning you listening to. <laughs> well, because of the jingles, you know, sometimes the jingles. All right, the studio open. We got to, oh no, we don't. Yes, we do. We have a few minutes. If anyone want to have something they would like to say, please feel free to press that number one this morning and come in. And uh, we still got time for you. So Sister said, oh, no, I did. She didn't press that one. <laughs> I knew it. And I forgot. As soon as I saw it, I clicked on it. And I put it on working. Listen, let's pray out right quick, and we go on to the last song of the morning. Father God, we thank you. Mm, time went by so fast today, Lord. God, I give you glory. I give you the honor and praise. We thank you for all you've done, what you're doing right now, Father, and what you're going to do. As we depart this morning, bless our going out and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for hearing and answering our prayer this weekend, God. We thank you, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed weekend. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you this weekend in Jesus' name. So listen, we're going to this little quick one. And uh, after this one, I won't be coming back today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.